Plenty of time for Stroud. Directing receivers, flips it to the end zone, caught, touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. making a huge impact. Milton taking a shot downfield, he's got a man open, and it's into the arms of Squirrel White. Nix, pump fake, takes off, out of the clear, Bo Nix, there he goes, he won't be caught, he's done it again! What's going on everybody, it's, it's Zach, I'm back with the Burning the Red Shirt podcast, um, we got Andrew Katz with me here today, um, Andrew, how you doing man, it's been a long time. Good man, uh, it feels like Monday is the only real day off day when it comes to cfp uh these days and even that i should be using for waivers in my season long weeks but usually just use it to recharge because by tuesday like we're already starting to see prop bets uh pop up across <laughs> sports bets and that a lot of that game is trying to get uh line when it first pops or the profit when it first pops because uh once it starts moving a lot of value disappears so gotta be glued to your phone all day, every day, Tuesday through Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> I'm usually so. Yeah. I guess I mean, there's no other way to put it. You pretty like hungover from uh, just have, having a, a good time Saturday watching games. Uh, that I, I can't even call that a recharge. But Monday, really try and like okay, focus, get as much done as I can when it comes to like actual work. Knowing that once uh, Tuesday rolls around, all right, back into the CFB game. Let's go. So it's kind of where yeah. we're at now. Um, so how have you done like betting wise? Oh, it's been, it's been really good. Like, um, this is, uh, generally how my season goes and we'll see if things change, uh, for this year, but September is, or yeah, the first few weeks of the season are usually the best for me. Um, in the sense that my, my approach isn't very data driven. There's so much information edge to be gained uh from just the off-season time and off-season research that i put in books are still kind of catch up trying to catch up uh and in the sense that there's just not that much data out there um so yeah i feel like i've been really ahead of the curve and been taking advantage of it better than i have in previous years i haven't played as much deep dfs as, as i would like to that has been kind of sacrificed for more uh betting and did did a lot of my season long leagues are are uh suffering as well uh from just how i'm allocating my limited uh time and efforts um but overall like yeah no no real complaints here i i i am annoyed that like some some of my season-long teams like i i invest a decent amount of time in the off season uh trying to work trades when there's like not that much going on right there's no like time uh window or anything like that and trying to prep those teams and feel really good about them going into the the season and then once the season starts off they just kind of fall off the cliff um that's yeah. kind of where i'm at with a lot of those teams um which i mean sucks those teams deserve deserve better than the <laughs> yeah. effort i'm giving them right now yeah it's kind of like my dynasty team i kind of felt good about it and then you know in our long running dynasty we play two uh, opponents <laughs> each week so if you go oh and two in a week it really hurts especially early um yeah. and like after a few weeks you're like for me i'm i'm one in seven so it's it's not looking great. So I felt really good about it. And like on paper, my team looks great, but I didn't give it the time it probably needed, especially in the waiver wire in those first few weeks. Like I've got so much stuff going on, kids playing soccer. Like most of the time, I'm not even watching enough games to to really take advantage of it. But I, I catch a little bit here and there and try to and try to look and see who I want to pick up. But so so what I've started doing this year, uh, especially since so. I like to, and I, um, for ther like therapeutic mental, physical health reasons, try and get in. So I, I live in Jersey city across the river from New York city. And I, my, the office at the company that I work at, um, is across the river in New York city, three miles as the crow flies, as they say. Right. But it takes me about an hour because city, city life to get yeah. in. Um, but I like to try and get into the office like two, three times a week. And for most of the calendar year, that's what I'm doing. But now, like, I can't go to New York because then I can't bet. Like, uh, like <laughs> New York has different betting rules. Right, so I right. went in yesterday. I went in on Monday uh, knowing that I probably wasn't missing out on much in terms of markets popping up. But now, like, I'm pinned down to Jersey. Um, <laughs> but where was I going with this? Oh, 
But when I'm working from home, one of the ways that I start to like to start my day in addition to like trying to cop a run uh, and just get the blood flowing is um, I've started Dude, I assume you're familiar with Matthew, Matthew Loves Ball, the YouTube channel. No, I'm not. Dude, I, yeah. So it's like unbelievable that this I've never incorporated this into my game before. But that 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 YouTube channel just posts cut up highlights of like not I I I won't say every game, but like 20, 30 games a week. Um, and mm. they're all posted like the following day after the game occurs. So a lot of them are too painful to watch, whether it's like a misbetting opportunity or like I bet on something and it didn't catch or whatever. But like uh, a lot of times what I'm looking to do is so when uh, that Nebraska quarterback Harburg uh, started a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, I got I want to go find that game and see how this guy looks. And I was hoping that they would be on the DFS slate this past week and they were because he looked like you could tell. All right. This guy, like in, in terms of style and stuff like it's similar to Jeff Sims in the sense that like, okay, we're going to run the quarterback 25 times, but he's probably not going to short arm half his passes and not going <laughs> to drop half the snap. So this is like fantasy gold going up against Louisiana tech. Like I was so excited to maybe try and roll him out in DFS lines, but they just weren't on the slate, but seeing getting acts, being able to get access to like full game cutups of player of like new, new quarterbacks, new running backs and, um, and try to beat the curve in that perspective and just see how these guys look like i want to go and track down the arizona one now now that jdl got hurt this week and see how yeah. that, that that dude uh noah fafita or however you say it he only threw like four or five passes but i want to see i i don't i feel like any i feel like he was a decent recruit coming out of school but i want to see how he looks in preparation for him potentially starting this week so after we talk i'm gonna go see if that game's on the youtube channel but sick it's exactly what you expect like <laughs> not for whatever reason not every single play um, but you're talking about, okay, play runs, clip to the next play. And it's like very concise, like 15, 15, 20 minutes for an entire game. It's awesome. And what is the name of this? Matthew Change? loves ball. Gotcha. Uh, like it, I would, I would guess at least half of our audience of our 10 person audience probably knows it. Uh, like you, and you'll, every now and then you'll see someone I've seen, I think I've seen, uh, CFF Jared hype it up before. I've seen some like sports bank people talk about it before as like a, part being part of their process it's like it's like it's there's nothing better in terms of if you are trying to just like try, get a feel for what actually happened in a game like that gives you all the context you need and in a concise period of time what more can you possibly help for gotcha hope i was for. just looking at it now i don't do a lot of youtube watching to be honest with you um, me neither so. but i mean it, with the advent of smart tvs right you're, it's no different than just like watching something on television right like all my kids watch youtube all the time i just don't I've never been a YouTube guy. Like it's not something I sit there and no, do. Like I knew, I knew, I knew friends. I had friends that would sit there and just, and, and just surf videos like all day. Like, is that what we call it? Surfing. I know, I know the early days of the internet, you surf yeah. the internet, but I don't yeah. know if that's what it's called anymore. But anyway, but no, I'll, I'll probably check it out. I was just pulling it up thinking like, man, there's a lot of stuff here. But um, <clears throat> so I, I know what you mean about the, the traveling or or the betting rules different different by state right so like i live just south of the border in tennessee i think of, we've covered this many times and i'm in mississippi so like i go five minutes across the state line i can bet on anything i want but at my house i can't do anything like i can't do dfs i can't do anything so oh college dfs i can do nfl but i can't do college which is stupid but anyway um, so like sometimes like, oh, cause I work in Tennessee, so I go to work and I can bet all I want. Well, you know, on the weekend, if I'm not working, like I have to drive into Tennessee to go place a bet, which it's not far. It's, it's five to 10 minutes, but it, it can be kind of a headache. Cause you're like, I really don't want to get up and leave the house just to, just to place a bet that I know I'm going to lose. So, um, I get that. Um, so I was going to ask you though, is there any, particular team or prop that you as soon as they come out that you're looking for like weekly like you know that this team has been good to you this year is there is there any particular team or do you just kind of check them all out and see what jumps out at you um no it's not that necessarily it's more but it's, it is advantageous i think to think about going into a week what spots you're looking for like okay, the, this subset of quarterbacks may be in the process of losing their job. So I'm looking for a prop to go up for them and then slam the under. Um, this, like, the, the, like, this was the 
like I absolutely crushed this uh, this week. I I thought going into the Washington game this week, just reading the press clippings, that there was a pretty good chance Jalen McMillan wasn't going to play. Um, he left the the game before, I think a little before halftime, mm-hmm. and initially it was like wait and see. And then you saw towards the end of the week, the coach, like it was aggregated and reported that they thought like he was going to be fine. But I dove a little deeper into like what he, what um, DeBoer actually said, and he didn't really commit to anything in terms of him playing. So when the props popped for that game, I immediately bet Polk and Jalen Polk and Odunze overs parlayed them together, but it was on FanDuel where I'm like pretty limited. So I couldn't get like a ton down. Um, And then later, like late in Saturday night, I'm already like pretty demoed. Um, And it uh, Mike Bainbridge posted in the CFS discord that like McMillan isn't anywhere on early for isn't on the field for early warmups and i'm like that's the cue like um i go back to FanDuel and whatever for whatever reason they <laughs> let me bet my limit again on that on both those overs go over to uh, another book and just start slamming it like way more than i should have responsibly under the pretense like worst case i'm just gonna come out even and i'll lose the big like absolutely like yeah. i was like absolutely you say worst case but like all right maybe Penix's arm falls off here, gets hurt, or one of them gets hurt in the game. So there's like these edge case scenarios. And I, I was irresponsible with how much I was betting on this. Um, but uh, my thought process was, okay, outside of, um, I, I want to use the cool term black swan scenarios, but it's not a black swan scenario. You can see it actually coming. The whole point of a black swan scenario is something that you couldn't see coming because it was impossible to foresee. But you could see that like someone could get hurt. That's like in the realm of possibility. But I, I'm not... Assuming that doesn't occur, like at least one of these dudes is hitting. Like Odunze is going over 95 yards or Polk's going over 61 without McMillan, like targets are going to consolidate. So the game starts and I'm, I'm waiting, like I'm on pins and needles. Like I'm just so jazzed up. My adrenaline's through the roof at this point, even though like every Saturday I basically wake up super early, even early for me. Like it's, I'm lucky if I sleep till six because I'm just so jacked up. Um, but, and I can't, I, um, but so I'm like tired, but I'm like so adrenaline driven because of how much I've irresponsibly got down on this game. Um, and but I don't catch the beginning of it because I flipped over to Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame and caught the the end of that game, which was mm-hmm. which was awesome. I'm happy I didn't watch the rest of it because it seemed pretty boring. Like that's not really yeah. my kind of that was actually one of the games I watched a lot yeah. of, sadly. Yeah. And then uh, so. I, I watch the end of that and I I'm checking I check the score on my phone and I see oh Washington's up seven nothing already I'm like oh nice so like which one of my guys caught like a, <laughs> caught a bomb and I'm scrolling through the uh, like the play by play on the score app and I see okay Cal got the ball first and then I, I like scroll up I'm like I'm waiting for the Washington logo to signify that they ran some plays and I see Cal running more plays I'm like what the f happened I'm like motherfucker the guy threw a fucking pick six of course um, <laughs> like okay not the best start and I flip over to the game and. Cal on their second drive, they um, they uh, they go like three and out, or they just don't get very far. Punt it, and Odunze just houses it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm so <laughs> fucked. I am like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to put a uh, what do you call it, the thing on your account where you can't bet money um, to protect yourself. I'm gonna need to do that on all my accounts because this is like this is a nightmare. And uh, but from there, like literally, I couldn't have scripted it any better. Like, uh, yeah. Every time Penix gets the ball, he's just only targeting these two guys, and I cash both by halftime. Like I hit, I had some alts in there too. I, I parlayed them together. Like it was just, it was, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> the only thing I didn't cash was like I included like um, a pet Penix uh, in the same game parlay of like over three twenty five. Like uh-huh. figuring that was a lock, and he only threw for three hundred four. But like it, that was like pocket change, relatively speaking. So that was like okay. That that was amazing, um, and that was that that like very much is representative, like some, the kind of thing I'm looking for, um, right? Where um, an injury or um, a an event that isn't necessarily capturing data is going to influence the uh, the outcome relative to the lines that are being set. A lot of times, books just won't throw up props uh, because they 
Like they go, they too can read the news and right. they see that like a guy is either questionable or his job might be at stake. But there's a lot of ground to cover, especially when we're not talking about island games uh, on weeknights, right? Like right. they're throwing up props for like uh, for tens of these games on a, a weekend. And like the, the idea that they're going to be able to cover as much ground as us, like they don't, I don't think they staff accordingly, hire accordingly for that. So it's, it's great for us. Um, yeah. I got really lucky on some other things also this weekend, uh, like Braylon Allen, there was some ridiculous prop where he, on a, one book where it, it was at like 116 and a half yards, um, everywhere else set it for like 74 to 84. And I, I was like, oh, easy under. You know what? Let me middle that and on try and hit a middle between like 80 and 116 and a half. And he ended up going for 116 um, because Malusi got hurt in the middle of the game. And so I hit it by a yard. And that, and I, I had more on that than I should have. I wouldn't have been too bad because I would have just like, I would have only lost like um, not, not that much but because I, uh, I would have lost. Um, I wanted to. I wouldn't have hit the middle, but still, like it was a, a huge uh, upswing for me. Pr- very pretty, luckily. Um, and then I had a good amount also on uh, like the book set a pretty awful line on my boy Chandler Morris. Uh, <laughs> his passing prop opened at two thirty-two and a half, and I jumped on that um, kind of irresponsibly, and he wasn't going to hit it uh, because of the way the game played out. They like they just dominated too much TCU. And mm-hmm. they have the ball with like two minutes left. And I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, they're up like three scores, but it's a rivalry game. They hate SMU. Right. They're still not going to throw it, but like, okay, maybe they run it, timeout, time, run it, timeout, run it, timeout, run it, timeout. And then there's no point in them not throwing it on fourth down because if you don't make it, the clock yeah. still stops either way or you win. And that's literally exactly what happened. Three run, three timeouts, and they threw it on fourth down. He throws a forty-yard touchdown, and he goes from two twenty-five to two sixty-five. Um, nice. So I got really lucky on a couple of my bigger plays this weekend, and then uh, the the uh, McMillan corollary made it a, a really nice weekend for me. Yeah, I mean, I know you can really capitalize on uh, CFB betting, especially if you follow the news pre-game. Like if you're if you're really looking for the news, and you can really capitalize on okay this guy's out yeah. i'm gonna take i'm gonna hammer the over on his the other receiver or like in, in the washington scenario you gave like those are really um good opportunities i guess that's the best way they're, they're opportunities for you to really capitalize on um <clears throat> so you have to really be looking for that kind of thing um do you do you do a lot of just game bets like spread bets or do you do a lot of just prop bets no, I'm not okay. like I. I don't know how to cap a game. I don't know what I'm doing. Like there, I have like one very specific situation where I'll bet a spread generally, yeah. um, where like something horrible happens to a team and I'll mm-hmm. bet against them. Uh, like I, I, half our audience is not going to be happy with me uh, for this, uh, but I bet against Michi- Michigan State uh, after the Mel, T- Mel Tucker stuff uh, in the Washington game. I was like, uh, I think I think that Washington can cover given all that's going on there, and that was that was easy money. I took um, that one too. I took Washington when I saw the initial line. I said yeah. uh, they're gonna like yeah. Washington's good. Like I think I think they're one of those teams, and I'm not trying to just jump on Washington, but like I think they're one of those teams that's gonna score on everybody they play. They're amazing. It's they're they're, they're just gonna score now. I don't know, and when they get to a, an Oregon game like that, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Like like that could be one of those. That's that's gonna be the game everybody wanted the Colorado Oregon game to be. um but uh we'll we'll move on from from the betting stuff um we could probably sit here and talk about it forever but um are there any teams that you feel like good or bad surprised you so far through four four games because i know for me like like i'm not surprised washington's four no i think they're a good team um i mean we can avoid colorado I'm going to tell you the team that, like, they're only three and one, but the game they lost, they looked so bad. Tennessee. Like, when they lost to Florida, I thought, like, I actually bet on Tennessee to win the cover that spread. It was like six and a half, I think. I said, I know they're going to the swamp, but I think Tennessee is just the better team. And they got absolutely embarrassed. So I have no idea what to even think about Tennessee now. 
because <laughs> I thought they were going to run through until they faced Georgia, but didn't happen. So is there any team that you felt feel like has surprised you? Um, Maybe the, it shouldn't have been surprising, but I would say Liberty just in terms of how completely dominant they are. I think that yeah. from a fantasy perspective, I allowed myself to just be influenced by outside forces a little bit when it came to drafting more Salter, right? That's Kaden Salter. That's my dog. Mm -hmm. I should have had him on every team. I, I was in on him at the beginning of draft season and then kind of stopped taking him when uh, it seemed like the job, the QB job was a true competition, but like you can't keep that on the sideline. That dude is born to play in Jamie Chadwell's system and that team looks just dominant. Um, I... I bet them to go undefeated a couple of weeks ago at 12 to one on FanDuel. And then even though like values getting sucked out of it now, I added more yesterday plus 650. And then I bet I have like, uh, it's m me being fishy, but I just want to have more money on my dog Salter. So I bet <laughs> them to win the conference at plus 140, even though like a week ago it was like plus 280 or something, but it's like, whatever. Uh, it, right. it, it's not like a ton. I just want to be invested in that team um you look at their schedule it's so it's just so funny yeah. um, next next their next game i was looking at it like so they play sam houston state right yeah. do you know how many points they've scored all year it's like 13 10 oh, okay they've scored 10 they've only given up 65 but they've scored 10 um so they play them and then they get jacksonville state who actually has played really well um yeah, Rich Rod, Smothers, yeah. they figured it out. Like, I don't think they'll be able to hang with Liberty. I'm not true, right. too worried about that game. Um, the WKU game, October 24th, is the Super Bowl for the undefeated uh, right. for the undefeated Liberty campaign. And after that, it's all downhill. It's like three games at home, two against horrible non-conference teams at UTEP to end the year. It doesn't look scary. Um, it really feels like just kind of show up and don't sleepwalk. BWKU, who seems like they're worse than uh, yeah. we anticipated, which you could argue is like probably a result of a couple different things, right? With WKU, they've been decimated at the skill positions by injuries, but also it just feels like the transition, they, they've transitioned and they, they've tried to kind of just roll the ball forward um, in terms of hiring people with, uh, to coach their offense of a similar mind and methodology year after year but like you go from one oc to another eventually you think that maybe that tr a transition might go less than smooth and it seems like that's what's kind of going on here yeah but i mean you could also make the argument for we really haven't seen them play like when they get their next games uh mtsu right they open to yeah. south florida play houston christian won both of those games then right. they go on the road at ohio state and troy who's a good yeah. team yeah so is it one of those things that like as, as Western Kentucky, like surprisingly not as good as we thought, or maybe it's, they played two really good teams and they looked average against good teams to where now they'll, they'll come back and run through the conference. And now you're like, Oh, here they are. You're, you're just yeah. five weeks in. So <clears throat> I think I, I would tend to lean that way. Like, I don't think Austin Reed just sucks now. Like, I think, <laughs> I think he still can play. Um, you know, and they've, they've still got some weapons. So I, I would be shocked if you don't see a pretty nice uptick in numbers, especially like for uh, fantasy, like throughout this, like the rest of the season, like MTSU, they're, they're like air raid. They just want to play. They just want to throw it all over the place. So I imagine there'd be some points in that game. Um, yeah. Um, that's the reputation, right. With their OC that they've got, but I don't know. I, it feels like so. First of all, about MTSU. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like I don't know how air raidy they can be because their receiver core sucks. I don't know. How I said air raid mainly because that's how they've described it, but I don't know if right. that's exactly. But how I it feel, is. yeah, I feel like they've seen more run this year for a, a few different reasons. Like the quarterback's mobile. He's definitely competent. Like that, there were some I had questions about him coming into the year, but he, he's solid. That but the receivers just don't seem like no one's jumping off the page. Unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, and then they've got two good running backs. That game is interesting on a bunch of different fronts. Like what's WK going to look, you going to look like, um, WKU's run defense has been horrific. And now they're going like, I'm interested in kind of in, run, in running out both, uh, MTSU running backs this week in DFS and 
seeing if we can get like 250 yards and or 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns, a few touchdowns from them. Um, but yeah, well, you know, that, I mean, that's a fun, that's a fun week that game. It's funny because like, you know, Louisville, they get Brom and you think, oh, they're yeah. just going to throw it all over the place. Right. When in reality, they have a running back that's like stealing the show for every, like running the ball, catching the ball. He's just all over the place. So it might just be kind of like a, like a Louisville light at MTSU, you know, yeah. like they just use their running backs because they're weapons. Um, which by the way, I don't know if you remember, I I'm starting was it Vadiato is the yeah. quarterback. I'm starting him in dynasty this week. Cause like every week I'm like, okay, he's putting up numbers. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like this is a game where he, he could put up a lot of points. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a good start this week. Um, I'm starting him and Milrow, which I mean, I, I had Finn and he's hurt, so I'm not sure if he's even playing. So no, um, I think he's going to be out for a while. I took yeah. more. Um, I took, I had uh, some Ohio Mac uh, champion coming into the year and I took more this week. Cause I, I think Gleason's really good and solid, but it's different. It's different. Yeah. Than having the Finn Gleason, like they are so fortunate uh, at Toledo to have Gleason as a backup. You look around that conference, <laughs> not just that conference, but like, Look, look at what Oklahoma trotted out last year when Gabriel went down. Mm. Uh, it's not uncommon that your QB goes down and your season's over. But right. Toledo somehow has gotten Tucker Gleason to buy into their – like that you could start at, I would guess, at, at least half of G5 teams. No problem. But somehow they've gotten him to buy in and stick around for a couple of years. And for, I mean, yeah. with how Finn is made of glass, it's, it's obviously a good thing. Their season – even if Finn is uh, pretty messed up for uh, the rest of the season, like that, they're still in a good in good shape. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, I I was I don't know if did I tell you guys I was going to Memphis Boise yeah. this week. Yeah. 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 So this sad. is the first game I've been to in a while, especially a Memphis game. Um, but you I knew. To be honest with you, I don't know. Um. My my stepdad has tickets, and he asked me if I wanted to go. I said, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I want to go." Nice. Um, you know, because they Are you went, going out on the BL. I don't think so. True. No, like, see, when you live here, it, it, it's just another like. <laughs> That's it, fair. I get that. Yeah. Um, but like, if you come from out of town, yeah, I get it. Like, you want to experience yeah. it. Um, but like, I want to go to the. I wanted to go to the game this year, but I really want to go to the game next year when they go to Boise to play. Nice. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make that work and how I'm going to sell. Don't, don't some boosters uh, fly with the team. Like maybe you can donate <laughs> enough money. I mean, I am an alumni of yeah. the university of Memphis, but I'm rooting for the other team. So I don't know how that's going to really work. Right. So, um, but yeah, so it actually should be a pretty good game uh, in terms of like the G five games. It might be the, the game of the week as far as G fives go. Um, yeah, I would agree. So, like, and I, to be totally honest with you, like, I, watching Boise State, like, I don't even know what they are right now because, like, now I feel like they're like, all right, let's just give it to JT and hope right. for the best, right? That game is on uh, the DFS main slate, which I, I rarely play like the main seat slate on Saturdays. Like, I'll yeah. I'll throw a couple of low dollar lineups in, but I can't be at that in that mindset on a Saturday afternoon when I know I'm doing stuff with my kids, like, um, right. Even though I'm like, my, I know like I'm no matter what I'm gonna be like come off as like super distracted, but I can't turn into <laughs> that kind of a vile person until uh, <laughs> until everyone goes to bed. Right. Um, but that game that game being on the main slate is interesting. You would think that Genty like he's he's like stupid underpriced. He's like in in six thousand six six five hundred range, which is hilarious. Like you would think he's gonna be like eighty percent owned, but yeah. at some point I, I mean I assume he. I know he's been banged up, but at some point, Taylor Green needs to go off, right? Right. And that's like a, like that is such a good way to get contrarian, in my opinion. I never do it right, and mm -hmm. I, like I really, I just don't play as much DFS as I would like to, and spend as much time as I would like to. But like that's yeah. my favorite way to think about trying to get contrarian in slates. Generally, is like, okay, this team is going to probably score 30, 40 points. Why don't yeah. I just? What are the chances that like? maybe the the way that 80% of the field thinks they will get there isn't going to happen. And the points will still occur. And I could get a low-owned uh, way of that team getting to those points. So, like, yeah. everyone is going to be on 
Genty, like maybe the move is tail and green and hope that he pops for a hundred rushing and a couple scores and hits McAllister um, for a couple scores as well. I was going to say like McAllister is like the only other viable yeah. option in this offense, which Cobbs gets lots of targets this year. Yeah, but it's just I, the deep threat is McAllister. He's yeah. the one who always gets the the over the top it's shot. True. So um, I don't know, man. Like they're they're so frustrating to watch because like JT has been so good, but at the same yeah. time, like that. Well, Washington was just Washington. They they were outmatched in that game. Um, and and to be honest, they were actually in that game for a little bit. Like first half, I thought, okay, they're they're hanging with them, going blow for blow, and then it just kind of they just pulled away. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Friday, I got home from uh, like uh, my wife and I went out on, on date and. I, I refuse to check my phone, especially with like the brain out, brain out and props going on at home. Realize I won that. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And the Boise games going on and the Air Force games going on. And I flip on the Boise game. I watch like them look like garbage for like a driver two. I'm like, I can't watch this. I, I'll, let me just watch Air Force do their thing. Cause it's like beautiful to watch them just make right. teams. Yeah. So I did that and I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed. And then all of a sudden Je- I wake up and Jenty's got like two fifty and three. Yeah. Um, he, did you know he's the nation's all-purpose yards leader? Does he return kicks too? No, like just he's got 400 rushing, 285 receiving. That's so insane. Yeah. And like I when I read that, I'm like, really? Like, is he even that good? And and I think he's just he pops off for a lot of big plays. Yeah. Like it's not just a steady dose of oh five, six yards. Yeah. He's he's getting like he'll get six or seven yards, then he pops for 50. And then he comes back and he comes, goes out, comes back in, gets a screen pass, goes for another 30. It's like, okay, <laughs> we can talk about the, we're going to talk about nation leaders and stats. And I want you to guess who, or if you have a guess as okay. to who leads this stat. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, okay, I'll start with the kind of an easier one, rushing yards. Do you know who leads the nation in rushing yards? So this is different than the carries one you asked me earlier. Presumably it's, it's yes. not Nate Noel. Okay. It's not Nate Noel. He is third in yards. Is it a guy who's lucked his way into an extra game as a result of week zero? Yes. So who could that be? Oh, esteem, estime? Correct. Good okay. call. Good call. So if you're going to talk about four, he's got five games. If yeah. anybody with four games, Noel was third. There's somebody, the guy in second has four games. Is it you a quarterback? Know. No. Okay. It's a freshman. A true freshman? It says freshman, but maybe. I doubt I it. Hold on. Let me, see. Let, me, let me see. Yeah, I guess so. It's his first season of playing. I, I'm sure I should know this, but I have no idea. Darius Taylor. Minnesota. Dude, that's crazy. The dude's only really played like two games. Yeah, so he's got 87 carries for 532 yards. That's wild. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. Um, So, receiving. Do you know who has the most yards? Do you have any idea who has the most yards? Odunzai. He's second. Really? Mm -hmm. Burden? He's fourth. You're picking them off. Yeah, I know it's not Marvin Harrison who mm-hmm. is lighting my Bolinikoff money on fire. It's very nice of him. SEC. South Carolina. Really? Leggett leads the nation? Yep. 556 yards. I feel like I haven't noticed that dude at all. And that's right. totally my fault. So receptions do you know who the leading guy your guy the guy you like is second but do you know who's first is that burden no terrell vaughn is second oh cool with 38 the guy in the lead has 43 catches you probably you probably won't get this one but uh lejante wester Oh, I would never have gone that. Right. That's crazy. He has 43 receptions for 401 yards. So screen games all day. Yeah. 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 So that, that don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, let's go to uh, right, passing yards is, is too easy. Yeah. Um, 
All right. <laughs> passing attempts. Do you know who's thrown the most passes in college football this year? Week zero? He has a week zero game. Shager? Yes. Now, non-week zero, <laughs> who do you think is? It can't be Penix because he gets pulled in like the middle of the third quarter at the latest. Every Penix week. is 20th. Oh, um, Shader? He's fifth. Hmm. It's it, it's a guy you like. <laughs> He's one of your boys. Rather? No. I'll give you a hint. Is that he's not uh, Bryn? Yes. There you go. There you go. It was so um, nice to see him bounce back from his uh, five interception game with just the super clean uh, drubbing of of Ball State. <laughs> Made me feel good. That's awesome. All right. One more thing I was going to look at. Um, where is it? Um, okay. So I told you that JNT leads the nation in um, all-purpose yards. Do you, uh, You've named two of the top four. Do you know who the other one is? So it's JNT, Adunze, and Leggett. Are the top four? Do you know who this other one is? And I mentioned him earlier. No, Joar Jordan. Oh, that's fun. He's second. He is second behind JT. Um, but he actually has kick return yards too. That's fun. So, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, which like, like JT doesn't have punt or kick return, which is yeah, wild kind of amazing um okay well i think that's it for the stats um so do you want to talk about our our dynasty team and how like surprisingly it, i don't want to say it's like running people over but it's 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 holding itself together better than i, I thought it by was. by threat by thread i feel like <laughs> I, I looked at the lineup uh on sunday to set it this weekend it's like this thing's about to fall apart what's funny about you saying that like i get on there i'm like oh man i hope somebody set our lineup because it's yeah you you me and chris share this team right so it's it's like we all i i don't know how about you but like i'm looking at it like man i hope chris or andrew set this thing because yeah it I, I didn't look at it and um i get on there and i'm like okay look they did they did take the guys out that have bad matchups and somebody at least put some thought into this um now this week we got to do some do some work but um yeah man like our, our team isn't as strong as i would like but yes, it doesn't have depth i mean sanders rocket sanders being hurt kind of kind of yeah limits us but Jaden daniels donovan smith blake hornsby arch manning eddie lee marburger you know <laughs> that week he played he started against army right or he came in against army he started he start he start that game he started against Army. That's, okay, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah. He looked halfway decent. So I think the future's bright for us. Hornsby that. has to be a hold, and I will not trade him in the, on the yeah. teams that I have him. Like that, they're, uh, dude, te Texas State put out, whoever does their video clips, it, like, that like a lot of teams have people who do them amazingly, but like I watched like some eight second highlight of Hornsby uh, <laughs> getting ready to rush in a touchdown or whatever. And I just wanted to run through a wall. Like it looks so sick. <laughs> um, but that like, if you have him in dynasty, you just you can't trade him. Cause if he ever gets in steps into that job, it's, it's over. Um, like obviously right. it didn't work out at the beginning of this year. I'm getting nothing from him in all the leagues that I own him right now, but right. Like if, if you trade him now, him. if you trade him now, what are you going to actually get for him? Like exactly, or like, drop him? Like, yeah, you can't do that either. Yeah, so you're you're better off just holding on to him. I, I there's like guys on my on the other team on the other dynasty team that I have. I'm like I can't cut him. Yeah. So because if I cut him and then he turns out to be a stud next year, I'm going to be pissed off and just yeah. you you can't live with that. Like I would rather I would rather just have him and him suck. Than me to cut him and the potential for him to go off to hurt me next year would would be devastating. Totally. Would be devastating, right? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's look at last thing. We'll, we'll keep this short. Um. I have a. I have something. Oh, so, go ahead. Um. 
while I was perusing the G5 conference championship uh, markets this week. Mm -hmm. So the way the, the like order of operations for each week, the way it seems to be is the Colorado markets markets immediately go up. All books have them up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. Um, but then on like Sunday, you'll see power five conference championship markets come back up. And then generally speaking, like late Monday and you'll start to see the G5 ones pop back up. But like FanDuel, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, put out uh, the G5 ones on Sunday. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's a nice surprise. And I, I'm like, I'm like, what the F are they? <laughs> like, I'm looking at them all. I'm like, what the F are they going to do for the Sun Belt? Like the Sun Belt, no, like is like that setting conference championship odds for that has to be the hardest job in America right now. Um, cause you've got 13 eligible teams, right? Jam, you can't, can't win it. You've got four realistically where it's not going to happen. Um, even though like after, uh, CFF Nate, uh, was talking up the Arkansas state quarterback, Jalen Rayner. I was like, eh, 80 to one. Maybe they'll, maybe they, they run, maybe that guy is that good. And they get to the championship and I could hedge. And then I, I thought about it after I, I placed, don't know. They're terrible. Yeah. After I placed that, I was like, that was a waste of money, uh, but it was, <laughs> it was like five bucks. Uh, but still, I'm looking at the odds, and I'm like, that FanDuel put up on Sunday afternoon. I'm like, why is Georgia Southern 23 to one? So I, I like nibble that, and it like immediately moves to 20, and I, I take more, and then I walk away, and I'm thinking to myself like, I should max that. And I come back, and they pull that down, and they pull down all the other G5 markets too, um, yeah. which I, I was thinking about. I was like, I should have taken more liberty and. Ohio, because like they did a awful job setting these initially, and then DK DraftKings puts up uh, all the G five back up last night. Um, some other book uh, put them up also, and that's when I grabbed like more Liberty in Ohio. But DK also put up Sun Belt yesterday, and George Southern's only five to one there, which is hilarious. Like, what a huge discrepancy! Um, but like, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how you could realistically set like if I was setting some some about markets, I would probably just get, throw my hands up and put like nine of the teams at plus one hundred and be like fuck fuck the betters. Like I'm not giving anyone. Like I, I don't know what to, I don't know what you can do because you got you have Troy, South Alabama, Appalachian State, Marshall, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. Okay, Coastal's dead to rights. Like I I, I don't know if you ever listened to this podcast, uh, flipping the field. I was listening to it yesterday, and the the way they described him back. And his coaching job at uh, the like him, what he embodies at Coastal Carolina, and what he's done to ruin this program in like three weeks. It it was awesome. It was exactly like I can't put it as eloquently as they did, but um, it basically made it sound like a, a horror film, which is like which is true. <laughs> um, but you've got at least like eight teams that can win this thing. And it's hilarious because DK has like South Alabama slotted as the favorite at like plus 300 plus 350. And this mm. team just lost to central Michigan uh, last week, um, which I mean, I think South Alabama is sweet, but it's still hilarious. That, like this team is supposed to run this uh, or like the favorite to run this gauntlet of a Sunbelt schedule and they can't get past the CMU. Right. They go, um, beat, they go beat Oklahoma State. In still right, water, right, right, like right. dominate them, and then they come back and yeah, like completely oh, and you got Texas down. State too, who's just like, I th would I be super surprised at Texas State one and no could like, but I think they're probably more representative of like Georgia Southern last year than Georgia Southern yeah. this year. So I'd rather just put my money in on a Georgia Southern another year in that system with a better quarterback. Um, but like, right. you can make a really good argument for like any eight of eight or eight teams. I would say winning that thing and it wouldn't surprise me at, at all so like right. setting that market feels it just feels impossible yeah no there's some there's some good there's solid teams in the uh in the sun belt and like the thing about it is like yeah james madison like they're not eligible but they're gonna they're gonna do some damage i feel like in the in the yeah, sun they're, belt. they're the best team and they're and they're gonna ruin everybody else's chance yeah like those teams that like like a georgia state or a uh, Texas State, like they might win a lot of games, but then they're going to lose to J James Madison, and James Madison's like, well, we can't win it, but you guys aren't either. So, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. Like, I've, I've never really looked at the Sun Belt in terms of who's going to win that conference, really. But there's, I, I'm, I've been impressed with a bunch of the teams in that conference. Um, like Georgia State, yeah, they're four and zero, but really, Rhode Island, UConn, Charlotte, Coastal. 
Right. They're getting a lot yeah. of credit for the coastal win when I think what we really need to be thinking about there is like coastal has been ruined as a program and their defense is yeah. atrocious. Like Georgia State's defense is atrocious. Like right. CFL at Rhode Island made them look like a high school program on defense. So I don't know. It's right. tough to see them be like not dropping a bunch of games because of that defense. So like they play Troy next and like, they're two and two, but like, you know, they, they played at Kansas state. Okay. That's you forgive that loss, right? Yeah. They lose to James Madison by two. Okay. Not, not bad. And then they beat Western Kentucky. So I feel like if Georgia state can beat Troy this week, like, and, and look pretty good. Doing oh, it, it's, I, it's, I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to validate. Okay. They're for real. They're, they're a legit contender in this conference. Um, Cause I think, regardless of what you think about Troy, like they're always a team, at least in the last probably 10 years, like they are a solid team that they're, they're not just a, a rollover win um, for anybody like power five or not. Like they're, they're always a solid team. Um, yeah. It was very impressive how easily Kansas state this, what's the right word on not not dismantled, but it's fine. We can use that. How yeah. easily they dismantled them. Yeah. Uh, like I thought that would be a closer, like more of a like stuck in the mud type game, and they were like yeah. Kansas State had no problem with them. Like a twenty four twenty type game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just rolled over them like it was nothing. Yeah. Um. Um. All right. So to so this week, I was before you jumped onto the Sun Belt. Like, I was just going to ask you: Are there any games outside of like your big marquee matchups, like? Any games that you're you're wanting to to see this week, in, in terms of a betting perspective or just entertainment perspective? Oh, let, let me bring it up. So I mean, so I we have I, Thursday night. So I yeah. wanted to go Thursday night. We have three. Um, we have Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, which I think actually would be a really good one. That's marquee for sure. Um, Temple, Tulsa, and Jacksonville State, Sam Houston. I'm not really um, excited about those last two necessarily. Um, but that middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky could be fun. Um, the over set or over under is set at 60 and a half. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but, um, I think that one could have some points like we talked about earlier. Like if middle Tennessee is going air raid, quote unquote, and then Western Kentucky is Western Kentucky. Like we expect them and want them to be, then I see a lot of points. Um, and then Friday, you have four games, Louisville, NC State, Utah, Oregon State. That'll actually be pretty fun. Um, Louisiana Tech, UTEP, and Cincinnati, BYU. Um, actually, before you, you answer this, I wanted to talk about kind of like everybody's talking about the Pac-12 and like it's going going out of business, right? Like you got Oregon State, Washington State are the two teams left standing. But like as far as games that I've watched that I felt have been the most entertaining, it's been the Pac-12's games. And maybe, and maybe it's because I don't get to watch until late a lot of times. But, like, I've looked at some of these games. I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't care who wins this game. It's just a, it, it's an enjoyable game to watch. Um, Oregon State's pretty fun to watch. Uh, Washington State's fun. Um, Washington clearly is really good. Oregon, you know, I, I think that conference is going to have one last, like, surge this year and before it all just dismantles. So what do you, how do yeah, you feel? Yeah, it's been the best conference. It's been the most enjoyable conference. And there's no other way to put it other than it's it sucks that the, the networks dismantled it and then it was mm-hmm. rubber stamped by these ghouls who just sit on these boards. Like, have you ever... I mean, it, tell me if this is overstepping my bounds. Have you ever... Uh, so when those board meetings happen for these schools to rubber stamp uh, the like school leaving the conference and going to another conference you've got like you see those zoom meetings have you ever seen this like uh-huh. zoom meetings with these board members and it's like there's like nine twelve people it's all these people like so i was like oh. i assume these people are horrible human beings who just like i had assumptions built in about them let me see if i can confirm those assumptions so i like grab one of their names threw it on linkedin and it's exactly what i expect this person just sits on like five different boards all they do mm. is just they like they're so far removed from society and fr- so far removed from their actual stakeholders. In the case of sitting on a board of a school, obviously you're, you're like your stakeholders are your students. Um, and so like 
all that they're doing is just rubber stopping, rubber stamping and praying to the altar of, of the almighty dollar. Like that you just sit on five different boards, collect your paychecks. And like, you're just like it, I, I, I won't say any more than that, but like it, <laughs> like the, the definition of a ghoul, like you don't even need to dress up on Halloween. Just go as yourself. <laughs> yeah. It, it's such a shame really that this yeah. has happened. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the big 10 with USC and with the four was it USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, like dad, yeah, that's cool in a sense. Like it's different, but in reality, like you're going to see, like, I, I don't think people realize like the, the effects it's going to have um, like on the players themselves. Like in the way I say, mean by that is like, you got Oregon traveling to Rutgers, right? Like, like, or Rutgers traveling to Oregon. Like that's, that's just a, it's a long travel that like, I don't think people really take into account. Like I know when people bet NFL games, they always want to talk about, Oh, well, Carolina's going to Seattle. That's a long travel. That's a long trip. And it, it plays a factor whether you want to believe it does or not. Like if, if you ever fly a long flight and you get off the plane and you're like, okay, now we got to go to practice and we got to do this, this, like, it, it's just, it's just different. Um, I don't know. I, I think, and then student, and you're talking about student athletes too. Like not all of them are superstars. Some of them actually do go to school. Right. So, so like there's, there's a lot to it that I think that it, it was very selfish in my kind of going on with what you're saying. These, these yeah. ghouls, right. Yeah. We won't go down that road anymore, but in terms of, um, entertainment we're going to get one last year of the pac 12 and I think yeah 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 good. but games i'm interested in uh this week yeah. so it is so it's a blessing and a curse that we are starting to get like this week i think marks the start of more and more weeknight games mm-hmm. right um and we really start like i think we've got now seven between thursday and friday this week yeah that in conjunction with the bye weeks the mm-hmm. way main way that i feel like i see that manifest is the Saturday night night, night slate now is a lot less um, in terms of quantity of games, which sucks because that's like yeah. when I'm trying to like watching games and really enjoy. You're talking about the late, the late games, like no, late, late. like oh. Saturday night. So like I, I draw the line at seven p.m. Okay, um, that's when the DFS slate always starts for Saturday night. Um, that's my qual seven p.m. Eastern is like what I call a uh, night slate, and that gotcha. really dries up as we starting this week. Like you just you scroll through. Like compare how many night games there are this week on Saturday night compared to last week. Like last week, like the the multi view on YouTube TV is the greatest thing ever. Uh, being yeah. able to like watch four games at once, and you need that on like a, a good night slate. Uh, but like there's not that much going on on Saturday night uh, now, relatively speaking to, to previous week. So that's a bit of a trade off, and it sucks for someone like me. Uh, but games I'm interested in. So I'm intrigued that uh, not because I think it'll be a good game, but um, North Texas, all Abilene Christian. Uh, now that Chandler Rogers, I think it's his name, is the, the mm-hmm. got the job at North Texas, like that, it's wheels up for that offense. Um, that he, sh- he showed out, I think, against FIU two weeks ago, and now he gets uh, an FCS squad or FCS team uh, mm-hmm. to go up against. Like that, I want to see that offense probably like 45, 50 points. And I think all their games are just going to be carnivals uh, going forward because they're not, you know, they're not they're not playing defense. It's just going to be a matter of figuring out, okay, is it going to be all Chandler? Is it going to be a running backs? What's going to happen at receiver? But they're going to be scoring lots of points. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling through, looking at some of these games. Like, you're right. It's kind of light when it comes to Saturday night. I mean, I guess Notre Dame-Duke is actually a pretty good game. Um, Can Notre Dame bounce back? Um, I mean, I think they're they're probably the – I think they're the better team. But – at Duke, Duke's not bad. So yeah, it's really good. Like um, as I'm saying, like, they, I get, I think like that, it's gonna be like Notre Dame, Ohio State. It's gonna be boring. Mm. I mean, Duke, <laughs> Duke. I enjoy watching their offense, but that game's gonna get dragged into the mud. Like I'm not. I'll probably yeah. be watching a different game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, LSU, Ole Miss. It looks okay. Uh, I thought I had one here that I was looking at that I thought was pretty good. Um. Washington, Arizona, it, like, I mean, I will not miss a chance to watch the Washington offense. Uh, yeah. The interesting thing with that game, 
not necessarily from like a good game perspective, but like who's going to actually play for Arizona in that game. JDL, Michael Wiley are both uh, banged up left last week. So what are, what's Arizona going to be doing at those key uh, skill positions? So as it stands right now, it says Washington's 18 point favorite. Like yeah. I'd, ha- I'd have a hard time taking Arizona. Yeah. I, agree. Um, I don't love 18 points, but I don't know that I could take it. It's going to be like 35 nothing five minutes <laughs> in the second quarter. Right. Um, uh, I had one here that was that looked pretty good. Um, like we talked about Troy, Georgia State. Like that's going to be kind of a a um, litmus test for, for Georgia State, I think. Yeah, that's a good game. That's fun. Um, I, I would like to see that on the DFS night slate because I would like to play – Gunner Watson and um, stack him with a receiver or two. Georgia State's passing mm-hmm. offense. I mean, uh, I stole this from uh, one of Nate's write-ups, uh, just talking about how bad they are. Um, but like, they, you give up 400 yards to Kasim Hill. Um, UConn, I think, did okay against you too. And I forget who the other game before Coastal was, but that passing offense is a disgrace. Or passing defense, excuse me, is a disgrace. So, um. I would I would like to play the Troy passing offense in that game, but yeah, I mean, that looks like one of the better uh, games going on in the G five. Uh, South week. Alabama James Madison was another one. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously US, USC Colorado. Um, how do you feel about that game? Like, just do you think it's another Oregon, or do you think it's close? Because I I don't think USC's defense is is great. No, they're the that defense so, is awful. So it makes you wonder. Okay, does this game? Like the 70- injuries are starting to pile up for Colorado. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is like from the perspective of there were so many different perspectives on Colorado this year, but one of the prevailing, right. a lot of them were wrong. Um, right, but one of the prevailing ones was depth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that was my big thing. Like, yeah, yeah. like there's their star power up. Like, they have the they have the dogs to play at their right. starting their starting lineup. But with one or two of those guys give goes down, what's the drop off from the that guy to the next guy? And I, I think, um, and not trying to stay in the Colorado. Everybody talks about him, but like, can the next the, the next step of their their growth would be to okay, we have these skill positions. I can, he's going to recruit all these, these big name talents, but can he get the, the, the dogs in the middle that are going to keep them like, keep them competitive when a couple of those star players go down? Because if you, if you could, any team, if you have a good offensive defensive line, like you can stay in a lot of games just because you can move the ball or you can stop the run or, or whatever. Right. But I don't think they have that. And I think they're just going to have to try to just out-athlete people. Problem is, you play at Oregon or a USC, you're not going to out-athlete them at this current moment. Yeah, so, if they were a little healthier, yeah. I would be more intrigued by the game. Especially, like, Arizona State, a, a break here, a break there, could have beaten USC, I think, last yeah. week. I, I watched a lot of that game. The, night and day, watching a quarterback that, isn't a few months removed from high school actually operate an offense and uh, Arizona state uh, play callers not having to throw six guys in motion to just get the true freshman his first read just so we can get him a little playing time and maybe he doesn't leave the program on us. Um, They were running an actual offense and it was giving USC problems. Um, So USC defense remains the USC defense. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't know. Like like Xavier Weaver's now messed up. Travis Hunter is messed up, right? Uh, like I, I don't know what's going on with all of McCaskill. Their all, offensive line seems like it's a, um, becoming more and more of a disaster every week. So I don't know how it. It just feels like if they were healthier, this would be an interesting game. Now yeah. it's probably not. Um, I'm not going to get involved from a like spread betting or yeah, yeah, yeah. anything perspective, but like I'm not that intrigued by this game. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And then of course we've already talked the Boise Memphis game. Like I think that's, yeah. that's good line on that's three and a half for Memphis. So I, I could see it being one of those like Memphis is favored three and a half. Interesting. That's probably just because they're at home, but yeah. um, I don't know. I obviously I'm, I'm biased. I want Boise to win, but 
Um, I'm not, I can't definitively say and sit here and say that Boise is the better team because they haven't looked good yet. They, I mean, they have not looked really good yet because they lost to opening the Washington. UCF was always going to be a tough game, but you got beat on a last second field goal on a low scoring game like that 18 yeah. to 16. Like, come on. Yeah. And then you go, you play North Dakota, who, by the way, they said North Dakota was like leading the FCS in offense at that point. At that point, so I'm thinking, oh, really? I'm thinking, fuck, we're going to be 0 and 3. You know, <laughs> like I seriously thought, like they're going to lose their first three games yeah. and it's going to be like fire Avalos now. Um, and I still think they're kind of at that point, but they beat San Diego State barely last week. So I, I would not be surprised if Memphis wins this game. Um, by a touchdown, honestly. Yeah. Fresno's an L, Air Force is an L. Right. And like I, I could see this being like a six and six season. Yeah, it's it's not good. And like San Jose State's not just gonna be a, a, a easy game. Colorado State, no, Wyoming, no. Like New Mexico, Utah State, they probably get those for sure. But the other five on there, I'm like, man, ooh, Avalos better turn it around. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I think that's that's good for a um, uh, was it first quarter recap. So we can uh, go ahead and sign off on this. Um, I know it's been about a month since we did one of these. Well, we're trying to maintain our red shirt, right? Right, right, right. We we've got three more. We got <laughs> we could do three more pods and until bowl dinner. season, and then we can like burn it. I think we get the. I think that we don't burn it if we. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we do have three more pods for sure before we um, use up the red shirt. So, um, no, I, on, ideally, we'd like to do one weekly. But with, I mean, Chris, he's got a, I see his face all over my Twitter or my ex, <laughs> my ex timeline for the unabated. Like every time I, I open it, there he is doing a video. I'm like, I'm not watching this. So, Chris, we love you, but I'm not watching those videos. Um <laughs> Like, dude, I'm not signing up for the OnlyFans. Not doing it. So, <laughs> so anyway, all right. So, I guess we'll we'll try our best to come back next week. Um, if it's me and Andrew, or me, and Chris, or Chris and Andrew, it's, I, we're gonna try. Um, no guarantees, but we'll do our best. Um, until next time, guys. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>